Encore with Claire O'Brien, arts and entertainment for the Midlands. With the Dean Crow Theatre and Arts Centre Athlone. Imagine the possibilities. DeanCrowTheatre.com Wasn't she amazing? Huge, huge, huge thanks to Shannon Fogarty, who has been keeping this seat very warm and all of the audiences across the Midlands so well entertained and informed while I've been taking a little break from the radio uh, back in studio live tonight and trying to remember where all the buttons are. But I know you'll bear with me this evening. Uh, encore uh, this evening with Claire O'Brien, 083 30 10 103 and uh, rabble to rap and just about everything in between. Harlington's open mic nights they just might be the night out or indeed the creative outlet that you need or maybe you fancy some creative writing and the knowledge of how to self-publish your work and also tonight on Encore we'll chat to Dennis McCardle who is the director of The Light Within which was the winner of 2022's Leash Short Film Bursary and the 2024 competition is just opening and he'll have some inspiration and advice for you should you wish to enter. But before all of that, of course, as you've heard in the news, the absolutely devastating uh, uh, news of the loss of one of our greatest songwriters and indeed we do include him as one of our own. Shane McGowan, a pogue and a singer-songwriter in his own right, passed away earlier on today at the age of 65, far, far too soon, uh, with his broken-hearted sister and his wife, Victoria Mary Clark, by his side. And as you can imagine, the tributes have been pouring in all day. Shane was a unique character, as we all know. I mean, the main thing that comes to mind was his uh, lyrics, his determination to uh, continuously drink while rehearsing and performing. And that is Paddy Dunning, uh, also Westmeath man, who is the director of the Button Factory and the Irish Rock and Roll Museum. Tishak Artonishta Mihal Martin had this to say in the doll today. An iconic musician who I think blended many different musical disciplines and genres, but particularly influenced by his time in Tipperary and being reared in Tipperary and, and, and very conscious of the traditional musical sort of heritage and it's and interwove that with, with, with many others. And Mary Coughlin, she toured with the band at the height of their success. You remember the Irish Rover days and she has very fond memories of her time performing with Shane. Very fond of them all and all of the guys, uh, you know, and it's a really, really sad time. And yeah, he will be remembered for his brilliant songwriting and his, his wonderful uh, character. We hope to talk very shortly to one of Shane's good friends. But in the meantime, we're going to pay you what I think is the greatest of the, um, the Pogue songs. This is Rainy Night in Soho. Send us a text. 083-3010-103. Powered by Lamb Brothers Tullamore, the home of Offaly's top-selling car brand, Toyota. You're the measure of my dreams. That is Shane McGowan and the Pogues. Um, a very good friend of Shane and indeed of the band is Mullingar's Johnny Cronin of The Aftermath and indeed Cronin, a great friend of Shane's for a long, long time. Johnny, you're welcome to the programme and sincere sympathy. It's good to be here on, your... on, on such a sad day. It is. It's a huge loss God to you. Um, because he was a friend, a good friend. A good friend of 
I've known well about for a few years, but the last 15 years we got very close with gigging. We did a good few gigs and a good bit of recording now with them too. Mm. I had a baby crying behind me here, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, well, there's a lot of tears tonight. Yeah. <laughs> there's a lot of tears tonight. A lot of Johnny, we knew the songs, we knew the swearing, we knew the two fingers yeah. to convention, you know, I suppose maybe that's yeah. one of the trademarks of his genius. But yeah, who was, he was the shame a, he was that you knew? He was a punk and he was a rattle. He was, yeah. And who was the man that you well, knew? Well, he was a poet. Well, I knew him as a loyal friend who'd call me up and say, can you do this gig? Can you do this bit of recording? And he, st- he stuck loyal to us and we had many of the night. It wasn't all pictures with famous people, many of the night having the crack and talking about life and love and death and friends and relationships and the world and movies and history and folklore and Brendan Bean and the Pecker Dunn and Foster and Allen and <laughs> Philomena Begley and Joe Dolan, you know. So a man who could be inspired by everything in the world. Every, every, everything in the world and it's just, he, he was Ireland. I, I said earlier today, is it as big as James Joyce dying? Do more people know fairy tale in New York than Ulysses? This is very true, and certainly more people know all the words and have gotten to the end of it <laughs> yeah. uh, many, it, many times. It, it's hit the pub sing along now as much as Rocky Road to Dublin or Spansill Hill or mm. or Wild Rover. It's you know, it's he's he's already hit the tradition during his lifetime. You know, like did Brendan Bean hit it? You know, said the old triangle during his lifetime. Mm. I know it's a big song now, but do you get me what I'm saying? I do. It's, it's, yeah, mm. um, with the song that and, we played and there, world famous. Yeah, this is true. Absolutely. Everybody is saying, yeah, and world famous. But we just feel like we've been hit with a sledgehammer today with grief because I was up with him on on Sunday and I was supposed to be going up tonight, you know, so it's still a shock. How was he on Sunday, Johnny? He was weak weak on Sunday, God bless him now. We were watching Britain's Got Talent (laughs) (laughs) and and laughing at us. I'd say he had plenty to say about that. (laughs) He did, yeah, he did. (laughs) Hmm. That's what we were talking about. Yeah. <laughs> the the that song that we played there a couple of minutes ago was Rainy Night in Soho and it's my favourite Pogue song but you yep. talk about him being a poet. I, there is poetry in that, in the lyrics of that. If you listen yeah. to it from beginning to end, um, it is one of the great, it's a great love song but it's a great song mm. about love. Yeah, a be- beautiful, beautiful song. and he, It wasn't his favourite song. I, I, I sang that at his wedding and he went off the head. And he wanted Astral Weeks instead. <laughs> By Ben Morrison. <laughs> By ben Morrison. So it just shows he thought that song and fairy tale got too much, you know, attention. Right. He loved White City and he, he loved other songs more. White City and Rain Street were two of his favourite songs. Hmm? Okay, well, we'll come back to those over the next couple of weeks yeah. because we will remember him over the next few weeks. Mm. Um, in terms of his creative process, were you. Did did you ever see him at work in terms of the songwriting? Because I know you would have performed. Well, yeah, the last the last seven years we've been recording. Yeah, mm. so I've seen, seen him seen him songwriting and seen him singing songs. You know, old old and new. Yeah. And what's that? So what was that process like? How did he begin with an empty page and make a song? Oh, just it, it, it was magic. He he believed in he believed in the song being out there and him taking it out of the air and believed in automatic writing too. That the song is already written and he was just a transistor to the song. And so no ego there me. at all, yeah. No, no ego. He was just a transistor, like a radio. To the song, the song was written, and you have to put your hand up in the sky and get the song. You know, that's what Shane believed. 
And did he believe it? Jesus, he had some good he had some good goals up in the sky. <laughs> <laughs> he certainly did. He plucked a lot of he great did. things yeah. from the sky. Mm. But did he believe you had to be ready in a certain way to, to receive that song? Was it always there? It was just a matter of putting your hand up for it. I think, no, it's just when the channel was open yeah. at the right time. Yeah. Mm. And he was very religious. He prayed an awful lot. We were all praying very hard at the moment. Very religious, you know. Mm. Yeah, I, and I he think... belie- believed in angels that people guided him, you know, like angels guided him too. God bless him. Yeah. Mm. It's hard It's hard not to listen, though, to, to Rainy Night in Soho and to the, the song in that, the line in that, to be in heaven or in hell. Um, yeah. Because he, he's he's gone to heaven, really. I suppose, isn't he? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Completely. You know. Yeah. God bless him. Like you know, it's. I will see it. Sir, it's heartbreaking. You know, it's it's such a big gap now in Irish music mm. and world music. We don't. It's like it's like Sean O'Reilly dying. It's like Carolyn dying. It's like Ronnie Drew. God bless him. You know. Like Sinead dying, you know, do you, do you know what I'm saying? It's I massive. Do. Yeah. I, I don't think it's hit us yet how big it is. Yeah, that will come in time. Yeah. And, and what do you think made him that great voice, that great Irish voice that you put there in terms of. I, 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 I think he had the gift and he was brought up in Tipperary with beautiful parents and good training from his mother, Teresa, mm. and his father. And Siobhan and the old sing songs in the house and people coming to Tipperary to Pocon and singing along and learning songs like the old days and learning the Pecker Dunn and there was no snobbery. He was a massive fan of Foster and Allen or Joe Dolan or Big Tom or Larry Cunningham. He used to sing loads of Larry Cunningham songs. The Clancy's, of course, brought up in Sean O'Reilly. And then you bring, go up to London then and you see the Sex Pistols and then you hear Brendan Shine doing Catch Me If You Can. <laughs> so you put the bass, the others, you put the bass with the drums and she does dun dun dun. I am apologizing. The others, and that's very yeah. similar to the Pogue sound. Yeah. Catch me if you can was a very big influence yeah. on him. That song. So he was a magpie. And then put Johnny Robin there. <laughs> yeah, and he was a magpie then, get, getting bits from everywhere, soaking up pieces from everywhere. Yeah, from 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 everywhere. But then he was a very very talented writer, and a very charismatic person, and he had a great look about him too. You know. Yeah. So he he had the whole package. Talk a bit like us. Elvis. <laughs> he, had, he had a great lyric, wrote, wrote a letter, it was on Rock and Roll Paddy, the song, and it was on Crock of Gold record, and it was wrote a letter to Elvis Presley, Big Tom is still the king. <laughs> he loved Big Tom, saying that Big Tom was better than Elvis. <laughs> Talk to us about that charisma that you mentioned, because you knew him on a personal level. We only knew the, per- yep. the you know, the, 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 the persona, the personality, but you knew the man. Yeah, yeah. Well, he's just a very thoughtful person. When it, when when I had a child, like he he called me up loads of times, you know, to see everything was okay, you know. Per, as a, as a person, you know, he'd call up to see if your family were alright and stuff. Mm-hmm. The others, very very personal, but just as a, as a friend, very loyal. But I I don't know what to <laughs> I don't know what to say. We just we just completely loved him. And we're, we're completely gutted and heartbroken. Our whole band, is, as all of Ireland is today now. And you finally know. then, Johnny, the, the, the man himself might be gone, but the music and the spirit of the man will, will be with us forever. Where do you think, oh, how do you think we'll feel that in the world? 
Well, I think Fairy Tale in New York is going to be that's bigger than White Christmas now as a song. But his other songs, I just love the light to shine on his other songs, on songs of of Hell's Ditch, or Poetry in Motion, or, or you know, or the the first record, you know, which mm. which the will the will the will shine down to, down in time, and also the first record, The Snake. But Isaac Garnett, he's got a beautiful song there called The Song With No Name, you know, which is an amazing song. The Edith and the Snake is a great song. It's about meeting, having a vision like Spansel Hill of meeting James Clarence Mangan on Stephen's Green during a public execution and going back. But that's, Shane's songs weren't tied to the 90s or the 80s or the 70s or the 60s that could have been written in the 18th century. And they so were weren't songs. at this time, so they're so they're gonna they're gonna age pretty well. The it's it's like if we write a book or a play and it's timeless, it's not gonna it's not gonna date that bad. The because yeah. it's, it's of that time. It's dated. It's like it's like Shakespeare, you know. And the Shakespeare of the twenty first of the twentieth and twenty first century. Well, he'd he'd hate that. It'd be like he? Shane looked like you know Brendan Bean or Sean O'Casey or <laughs> but Shane would bring you into a different world. Like you know, you'd learn stuff like say Red Roses for me with Sean O'Casey. You'd learn about Brendan Bean and the Old Triangle mm. on the first record. You'd learn Dubliners and Clancy Brother songs. Then who else would you learn on on, on the second record talking about homeless homelessness and you know emigration and stuff? And then Fairy Tale in New York. J.P. Dunleavy, yeah, you know, came out with the title. It was his daddy's favourite book. You know, he's teaching you about Irish history all, all the time. And he was his own man. There was the, he, and, 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 and his own his own man, and, and his own man. But he'll, yeah. he'll, he'll be sadly missed. He will, and we're all in in sympathy with you tonight, and all the people yeah, oh, who Jesus, knew and God loved bless him. You, like just pr- pr- pray and love. He he was very zen about stuff and and love. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he believed in believed in heaven. Well, we know he's there now. He, he believed in heaven, so you know. Raised hell on to, earth and say, in heaven now. Say, say, say a prayer from and send your love to, to him tonight. Because, but this healing in his music in every song. If you listen to Rainy Night in Soho tonight, or or the song with no name, there's healing in that. Johnny, thank you to, so much for talking to us tonight. God bless Claire. We really do appreciate that. Thank you so thank much. You and our sympathies to you. Up, up Tipperary and up, up McGowan. Exactly. Exactly. God bless Claire. Take Good luck care. Take care, Claire. Good night. And all our sympathies to you. Uh, um, sincere thanks to Johnny Cronin there t- for, for taking that call and giving us a sense of the man and the legacy that he has left behind. We're going to take a very quick break. Encore on Midlands 183, your arts and entertainment for the Midlands with the Dean Crow Theatre and Arts Centre Athlone. Imagine the possibilities. DeanCrowTheatre.com 083-3010-103, the Encore Midlands 103 Arts Show with you this evening with me, Claire O'Brien. And we'd love to hear from you if you have your own memories of uh, Shane McGowan popped them into us on the text. A little bit later on in the programme, we'll be chatting to Dennis McCardle and we'll be ch- talking to writer Francis Browner. But right now, the topic for discussion is the work of Port Sounds and the Port Art Collective because they are presenting not one, but two open mic nights in the Anvil in this December. And they start, they're on the 1st and on the 29th of the month. Now, this is a programme that has been running for almost a year as a showcase for local artists. And I'm joined on the line by Jack Eakins of uh, Port Sounds to tell me all about it. Jack, you're welcome to Encore. Uh, thanks for having me on, Claire. A year ago is when you started. What was the inspiration, Jack? Um, 
I suppose it goes back before a, a year ago, we have been back to maybe, I think it was 2021, um, maybe 2022, 2020, I can't really remember. But um, my idea was to try and platform uh, local artists in Leash uh, who play their own music. And um, it kind of snowballed from there. So we set up a, a little... Um, an event called Leash Aloud, and we had eight acts that came down from, from Leash and they all played their own music and it was a great day out. And from there, it was kind of, well, we want to keep this going and try and keep a, a platform going for, for artists. So I had made contact with the uh, Anvil Inn and they said, yeah, grand. And then I didn't hear anything then for about a year. And it was Adam, um, who's one of the artists in, in the group, came back to me and he said the Anvil had made contact with him and would we set it up so it was, Myself and um, another lad, Dermot O'Kane, went about organising all the acts. So we're kind of just flat out texting people um, who wants to play, who wants to come down. And um, since then, it was just people have showed up and we'll keep running them as long as people keep showing up. <laughs> and they do keep showing up, don't they? You're play- you're, there's everything I said in the intro, everything from rebel songs to rap and all points in between. Um what could we expect on uh, tomorrow night? Um, well, tomorrow night's actually going to be very, very quiet. Um, we have got a couple of new acts that are going to play. They've been in contact. Um, but as regards myself, I'm down. We're, the band I'm in are playing down in Cork tomorrow night in Fred Zeppelin, so we won't be there. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then there's um, a, a few others seem to be be off um, gigging, and then we've got people yeah, who are doing leaving certs. And yeah, it's that time like of the that, year, so. isn't it? It yeah. is, but um, we still have, we've got six acts I think are going to show up tomorrow night. Well, six we'll acts see. is a good night out. Tell us about them. Um, well, there's again, there's a couple that I haven't heard, so I don't really know. We've got our uh, local um, rapper, Robbie's going to be there anyway. He always brings a, a good entourage with him and gets the crowd going. Um, we'll have Lem and Paulie there who kind of mix it up between um, covers and original songs. Mm. And we're going to have Blackstar who, who um, tend to play their own songs as well and throw in a few covers as well. Uh, Leone as well, she does a, a mix of covers and her own songs. And then we've got a couple of new acts that I haven't heard, uh, Ryan and Alan, so they're going to be playing tomorrow night as well. Yeah. And it's a great opportunity for for bands and for singer-songwriters to get themselves out there and have the sense of what a live audience really feels like. Uh, people who've turned up to listen to you and are opening to hear what it, open to hear what it is you have to say. It it, it is no to, to be fair. Like we generally like the, the first one we had like was phenomenal. We ended up having sixteen acts showed up, um, which was unreal. And it's generally been between an average night is between twelve to sixteen acts. Um, it's it's good because a lot of acts, a lot of if you're playing original music in the Midlands, especially. There is nowhere that you can play your music that anyone um, probably won't give you a chance. Mm. There's no venue here. Um, the radios won't really play play your music. So there's there's nowhere really that you can you can kind of get out there. So this is it, it is a great opportunity for a lot of people. And a lot of people have kind of used it to uh, create bands and they've used it as kind of platform and get get their name out there and let people know that they are on Spotify, mm. they are on um, Apple Music and YouTube and, and they are on social media and it has helped a few bands in terms of followings and growth that way. Yeah. 
16 acts on one night, each of them playing, you know, some of their own songs and a couple of covers. Sounds to me like a marathon that starts at half past eight. It, it, it is now. It's, <laughs> it's, 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 it's been fair now. It, it, it's a stripped down kind of thing. We have had, yeah. we have been, we had, um, we do have a, the bones of a drum kit there. So we have had a rock band that just plugged directly into the desk and you, you can play heavy enough if you want. Mm. Uh, but most of the acts are kind of acoustic or solo acts. Okay. It's so it's not a case of clearing off a, off, a, off a stage each time or anything like that or bands bringing no, their, own, no. their own kit. No, every, everything is set up and ready to go. So the changeover is quite seamless. So mm. what we have is, um, was, was Adam came up, but we put names into the hat. So everyone that comes in, fills out a form, puts your name into the hat and then when you're getting off, when you get onto the stage, you draw the name of the next act that's going to perform. So everyone knows in advance when they're going to perform and the changeover is actually quite quick. Like Brilliant. Brilliant. Uh, so tomorrow night, if people want to head over to Port Harlington, it's in the Anvil Inn at half past eight. And again on the 29th, if you're, if you're feeling the lull between Christmas and the new year. Um, and if people want to find out a bit more about Port Sounds and the Port Art Collective, how can they do that? Or if they want to make contact with you, Jack, what would you suggest they do? Um, the, well, if, if anyone wants to get in contact and, and play, they can walk in or we recommend um, sending a message to the Facebook group, the Port Sounds Facebook group. But there's um, also the Port Sounds uh, email address as well, um, which is portsounds23 at gmail.com. Perfect. Well, we wish you a great night out tomorrow night with your own band. But it sounds like everything is going to be under control and, uh, you know, six bands will be just great in Port Arlington tomorrow night. Uh, Jack, uh, we'll, yeah. it will. It'll be fantastic. Jack, thank you so much for talking to us um, and for creating that space to, um, you know, as you said, to, to to give those original acts an opportunity to, to network and to, to get their sound out there. Um, thanks for talking to us this evening. And that is Jack Eakins of Port Sounds. We are going to take a quick break and when we come back, Dennis McArdle will talk to us about The Light Within, the Irish Quaker film uh, story which won the Leash Short Film Bursary in 2022 and he'll have some suggestions for you if you're planning on entering this year. Stay with us on Encore on Midlands 103. Encore, brought to you by the Dean Crow Theatre and Arts Centre Athlone. From the greatest gigs to the best community shows, enjoy it all in the comfort of our newly refurbished theatre. Your theatre, our home, deancrowtheatre.com. And you're very welcome back to Encore. It's me, Claire O'Brien, back uh, having had the pleasure over the last six or eight months of listening to Shannon do a wonderful job uh, in my absence delighted to have had her here and delighted that you've had the opportunity to listen to her um, and to engage with her over the last while now there's a really nice event happening in Port Leash on Saturday it's in the Dunamace Theatre and it is free and you don't need to book you can pop along at two o'clock and you will get to the launch and the info session around the, 20, the 2024 Leash Short Film Bursary. You'll also have a chance to catch up on a couple of screenings, including um, The Light Within, which is an Irish Quaker story by Dennis McArdle. And you might remember, Dennis, we did have him on the programme uh, a, a year ago, probably, um, about, about that film. And he joins me on the line. Dennis, you're very welcome back to Encore. Thank you, Claire. Uh, delighted to be back. Uh, uh, much appreciated. 
And it's lovely to have you. And you, you're a, a very experienced filmmaker and director. Um, but when we spoke, it was about the, the light within and the, that really important sto- story that you wanted to tell um, linked in with the Quaker history in Leash. Will you tell us a little bit about your short film bursary in Leash, that journey that you've been on since you applied and, and what's happened since? Yes, well, it's well, it's been a long journey, Claire, <laughs> and it's been and it's been arduous uh, for for a number of reasons, um, mainly because it was a a winter shoot, mm. and um, the but the I suppose the journey started for me actually um, uh, in twenty 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 one because I applied uh, it, uh, the year prior to the year winning it. Um, so I won it in 2022, but I actually applied and got down to the final two. And um, uh, the film Superhuman uh, won that award that year. And I remember seeing it and it was a very worthy winner. Um, but it was coming up again. And I just thought, well, I've gotten, I've done all the work. Do you know, um, there's a ferocious amount of work in creating an application. Um, there's treatments, storyboards you know, your budget, the script, obviously, and a variety of visuals and photographs and things that you hope will help your application and, and give, uh, you know, the, the adjudicators a, a sense of your vision and what you're going to create mm-hmm. for, you know, a very small amount of money. I mean, the, the bursary is just only, only 10,000. So these things are always done as a labor of love, you know, and they just allow you permission to kind of just get it sort of over the line, do you know? Um, so I applied again in 2022 and lo and behold, I was shortlisted again. And I went through the same, you know, hour and a half interview, even though I'd done it the, the year previously. <laughs> um, just, to, you know, with, with all the dates changed and yeah. we had the same locations and so forth. So it was, uh, you know, it, it was a long one. I mean, it was championed by, you know, by Arthur Lappin and That's Marina right. Hughes uh, in like they were sort of on the panel and I had done some research on this, like on, on this uh, people or tribe, if you want, you know, the Quaker tribe, if, if I can use that term, um, having worked on nationwide at one point and I was doing sort of research around it. And I was, I always found it a very fascinating and interesting and kind of almost a hidden culture, mm. you know, um, because, you know, this, these are people who, you know, were essentially planters from the north of England here in the 16th century, uh, 15, early 17th century. They had no interest in becoming the ruling class. Uh, they have a great sense of egalitarian, um, you know, principle and ethics. Their religiosity has a great sense of equality and equanimity and, um, you know, men and women are equal and there's no iconography and so on. So I found all that really, really interesting. And the, very few people, people kind of knew about them. Mm. So I sort of fashioned the story, um, you know, around this. And because I suppose around the Midlands, like Offaly and Leash, um, where, where they had settled, you know, as a merchant class, I, I thought this would be a very good place to uh, to set it. And it's also like, you know, I know obviously part of the short bursary is, is showcasing the county and, yeah. uh, you know, giving, you know, the county council, obviously, you know, I want to show the place off. And there are some wonderful locations by the way, in, you know, Leash, you know, we shot at Glenbarrow water, Waterfall. Mm. We shot in the courtyard of Randwood House and all around the Schlee Blooms. You know, so there was, 
you know, we had plenty of quite cinematic, um, you know, uh, uh, variety, you know, to think about, you know. So you, Um, you, you, you won. Um, yes, I won. Yes, and people you. will yes. have an opportunity then to to see the film on on Saturday. Yeah, uh, and the, yes, the, yes. the results, the fruits of your laborious winter shooting. For people, well, it was it was it was a year. It was almost a year ago. Like when we shot it, it just yeah. it just took this. It just took a long time to finish. You know, yeah. so, some are some are quicker than others, and like this one was was a, was was particularly long. Yeah. Um, what advice would you have for people who are thinking yeah that's something now I might be interested in entering in as as you said the the application work is vast well the application work is vast I mean yes I look obviously look obviously encourage any you know new and emerging filmmaker to to capitalise on any opportunity that, that, that arises in terms of funding I suppose one of the things that I I I would like to sort of advise is, and I'm going against myself in saying this, is like not to bite off more than you can chew. Uh-huh. Um, you know, because, you know, I don't advocate kind of many ways what we did because our film was enormous. It was a very, and you'll see, it's a very, it's almost a Western, you know. Okay. Um, whereas, so if you have, I suppose, for 10,000 where you can shoot something for a couple of days, um, perhaps a contemporary story. I, I don't think you should necessarily box yourself in to saying that it has to be a certain kind of a genre or, you know, that it has to be just two people sitting on a park bench um, because that's utterly boring, you know. But, I mean, I you know, use the locations that are that are in Leash because there's some wonderful places. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I would, my advice would be, you know, to go for it and, I, you know, to find a script that, you know, and... Uh, and a sense of your own voice in, in something that you want to say, you know, because that makes it all all more wor- worthwhile, you know. Yeah. And um, so I would, I would, you know, I suppose keep it simple and don't bite off more than you can chew. Don't, uh, you know, like it's a kind of virtually impossible, like to shoot for a week, for example, which in many cases a lot of short films need. Yeah, and so a lot of films are kind of well. Can we make them in two days or three days or two and a half days or something like that? Now, if you can find a you know a script, uh, my, like my previous film was done very much along those parameters. Uh, we shot a, my previous film, The Silver Lining, in, in a weekend. You know. Okay. Um, and so, I know you're going uh, to. Um, sorry to interrupt you up to you there. I know yeah. you're going to do a Q and A on. On Saturday, Indeed. so so people will have yeah. lots of questions about the bursary and about the process and yes. and all that's involved. And I know you'll 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 be generously answering all the questions there. I'm sorry that well, we don't I, have well, a bit I, more time. I, I hope I know. Claire, it was it was a pleasure to talk to you. I mean, as I say I, I hope I can uh, be of some help uh, and some guidance to you know to anyone who wants to consider applying. You know, and some encouragement indeed. Yeah. Dennis, thanks a million for chatting to us this evening. We will chat to you again uh, when we have a little bit more time. We spent a bit uh, listening to the lovely music of Shane McGowan at the start of the programme. So um, we'll have a little bit more time for you another night, please, God. Uh, Absolutely. Thank you so much. <laughs> thank uh, you very much, Claire. Thank you. Bye bye. Thank you. Thank and you. that is filmmaker Dennis McArdle. After the break, somebody else we're going to have to get a little bit of time with is Francis Browner because, uh, and somebody else we'll have to get back on the programme again another night. Uh, Francis is uh, a writer, but she has also got a phenomenal expertise in self publishing. Uh, we'll chat to her right after the break. 
Encore on Midlands 183, thanks to the Dean Crow Theatre and Arts Centre at Lone, with a wide range of flexible spaces, expertise and facilities to make your live stage production, corporate event or community function a success. Your theatre, our home. DeanCrowTheatre.com And in view of the fact that we have so little time left, what we're going to do is we'll chat to Frances Brown or the writer uh, on another night on the programme. But I will tell you that she's doing a writing workshop in the Esker Arts Centre in Tullamore on Saturday. And as far as I'm aware, there are still places available on that. Uh, she's really looking forward to it, I know, because she's up to her eyes. Um, her novel the uh, A Bronx Summer has just launched and that was in Burr Library and that's her debut novel so I know if you go along on Saturday you'll hear lots of ideas from her um, about writing and particularly she's huge expertise on self-publishing and if that's something that you're thinking yeah I know I've got something there at home I might like to get it out to the wider world um, we'll have some ideas for you about that uh, in the next couple of weeks we'll chat to Francis then um, but the workshop on the weekend is really as she says an opportunity to be yourself nobody to judge you just to, to receive some encouragement in your writing have an opportunity to put your thoughts on paper and tell your stories she says we're telling stories all day long and the Irish are great storytellers that is and eskerarts.ie will give you all the details about that and Francis Browner's workshop on Saturday but we will finish up this evening with a piece of music um, had a long look at the songs that we might choose uh, many 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 of them have that little E that you get you know that tells you some of the language is explicit so for the night that's in it um, what I have chosen to play is one with uh, Shane McGowan and Moya Brennan it's called You're the One I'll be back with you again this time next week until then take care of yourself good night and Eryeshte Gorev Anam Shane McGowan Slán Encore in association with the Dean Crow Theatre and Arts Centre at Lone. Our bright and airy AIB gallery and cosy theatre bar can cater for smaller private events too. Your theatre, our home. DeanCrowTheatre.com